Hi, this is Pamela Adlon, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andras Jones. Radio 8-Ball, give us a shake. We're in the studio, tempting fate. Put a question to the song, let's randomly select it without of our friend synchronicity. Welcome to the Radio 8 Ball Show. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, here at the Monkey House in Berkeley, California, with our musical guest, singer-songwriter Ira Marlowe. Hey there. And now joining us here in the studio is another one of his songwriting friends, a man named Maurice Tanny. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball, Maurice. Thank you for having me. And this is your first time at the Monkey House, right? No, but it's my first time on your radio show. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it's the first time on Radio 8 Balls. Now, uh, what is your... How Have you played... So you have played the Monkey House on several occasions in the past. Many occasions to packed houses. Yes. Many occasions to packed houses. You pack multiple houses into this one house? Ira, how do you do that? Massive promotion. Massive promotion. It's a time and space thing. Yeah. So do you perform purely under the name Maurice Tanny, or do you have different outfits and masks that you wear? I, I, generally, it's Maurice Tanny and something or other. Maurice Tanny and the Royal oh, I love those. Ball, or you know, Maurice Tanny and the Ira Marlowe, Maurice Tanny and the uh, Fender Amplifier. It's uh, Really? So you... Uh, is it like a, like and the heartbreakers or and the attractions? I don't use thing? the attractions or the heartbreakers, yeah, but other names are. Yeah, uh, I've, can you give us like some examples of? Some well, names? I, I, I a long time uh, name I've used is seventy seven El Diora, which of course, coming from California, you'll realize that it's that's Spanish for the Diora. The Diora. The what, Diora. what is a Diora? <laughs> it's like it's like it, what. I can't believe you're asking me that. Really, it's uh, it's the Irish word for tears. Oh well, now I learned that. That's where we learn by asking dumb by questions. asking questions yeah. on the radio. The tears. The tears. So Maurice Tanny and the not tears. not ninety six, but seventy seven. The seventy seven tears. Seventy seven El Diora is what it is. Seventy seven the tears. Well, I mean, you can sort of take it that way, but you know, the, the tears <laughs> doesn't mean the tears that come from your eyes. In uh, and about in the 1580s, the Spanish Armada was had their asses kicked by the uh, by the English, and they were sailing around trying to get away from the English uh, navy, and they uh, had to sail around uh, the north uh, the, uh, of England, Scotland, and second. they came down. What's what's happening? There's something Another beeping. Fucker. Well, that's the fucking alarm when the door opens. Jenna probably didn't close the door. So. So you're saying that the Spanish Armada had their ass kicked by the British. Right. And, uh, and they had to sail up. Uh, they couldn't go back through the uh, English Channel because, it was, uh, because they had gotten their ass kicked beyond that. And so they sailed around England, around the north, around uh, Scotland. And when they came down uh, uh, south along the Irish coast, they hit bad weather. They had bad navigation. They were in pretty sad shape. And many of them washed up on the Irish shore. 
And, uh, and so the, all these Spaniards were, uh, many of them, uh, I suppose you could call it murdered by the uh, uh, by, uh, English uh, people, or uh, some of them were taken in by uh, Irish people who uh, were not so happy about the English to begin with. And, uh, and those people were called the Diora. And is that what became the Black Irish? Uh, you know, if you want to put together all the things that I've just said to uh, uh, to uh, attach some level of truth to it, which of which <laughs> there is none, yes, yes, those are the Black Irish. Ah, ah, yes. Well, I'm going to enjoy talking with you because I I like someone who is not entirely tethered to the truth, but is expressing greater truths. That's what we do as songwriters, as poets. Let it, don't let facts get in the way of a good story. Exactly. Or a good song. Exactly. Just, and that's just one of the many names that you have performed under. Right. Uh, we use right. the interesting wrinkle or uh, or that, that uh, koi ensemble. Uh, oh, I like that. Koi ensemble. Yes, koi ensemble. Excellent. And have you ever performed with Ira? I'm, I'm sure you've shared bills with Ira, but have you ever performed like in the same... It has uh, happened. Musically? Yeah. Musically, you have come up and played solos on songs of mine. Maurice, I'm oh. honored Maurice covers a couple of my songs. Which, oh, which, really? Which, which, which thrills which, me to no end. Which ones? Ship in a Bottle and even uh, that song, If We Were in Love, which will come up today. Oh. He has performed. and I. Uh, there you go. I have bungled two of his, and I'm still trying to find the one I can get through without bungling. Can you offer any, is there any secret that you can offer or advice you can offer anyone else who might choose the perilous path of covering an Ira Marlowe song what is don't the most challenging what don't play it for him (laughs) I managed to find ways with it wrong chords wrong words don't you the melody goes here (laughs) no Maurice but Maurice to, to, to I totally understand he uh he has a, a, a CD out that has a Burt Backrack cover on it, and I gave him grief for changing the melody to that. I said, "You don't change the melody to a Burt Backrack song." We said, "Yes." And I what's do. the point well, just, of covering you totally it if you're just, just going to do it a like Bob Burt Dylan song? You can, you can, you can trash Forever Young, but why can't you redo you Burt Backrack? You absolutely can. It's just I don't see the point in covering it if you're going to do it just the way that's the true. original I'm artist right with did. You but there. you can do it. You can phrase it differently and arrange it differently, but still play the same notes and chords, which is what or many not. people do, or not. Yeah. Or not. Yeah, or not. I've definitely butchered some songs that I didn't mean to covering them and you know, just getting a word wrong. I just take the parts I like. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I when love you think your about cover of Nadine. Oh, that's that's you. That some of the best covers. The no, but don't you think some of the best covers are ones where people like really had their way with the song? Absolutely. And you're like, oh, that's that does well, not ever, sound like the Beatles anymore. I like that. If you've ever heard uh, Prince's version of uh, "Nothing Compares to You," yeah. I, I don't even like it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, but you love Sinead's? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he knew which ones to give away, I think. I think that was part of the... I don't think he gave that one. I heard from someone who's a Prince insider that was actually rather annoyed she had a hit with it and did it so differently. Oh. Because once a song's been released, anybody can cover it. You don't have to give your permission. Oh. That's true. Well... And nor should you. I feel like once it's out there, you should be able to just do whatever. And you also, want you it. can't copyright a title either, right? So you That's true. can uh, so you can just take anybody's title and just write a whole other song to it. It's uh, preferably better. Hopefully, yes. Yes, to somebody at least. That's the wonderful thing about this subjective thing that is the arts. Somebody's <laughs> gonna like. I don't know. I try to think of like a, a cover that I really that I don't like, but people adore. Uh, what isn't there? Oh, didn't? 
Oh, David Bowie doing like he had that record where he did like Mother's Little Helper, and he did I uh, didn't uh, in pinups with all well, the six the sixties. Yeah, yeah, and he did the 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 what the Who song did he do My Generation? No, or? he he did uh, Can't Explain and Anywhere Anyhow. Yeah, Anyway Anyhow. Didn't like him. Didn't yeah. like him. I really like. The- yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and, and me, I had not heard the originals at the time. Oh, that's, really? That's how. Yeah, ignorant. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a what a wonderful way to. I mean, in a way, that's great because then. You get to really enjoy those versions, and then really love the great versions afterwards. It's or like, not? Or not? Very, did you, very, you know? Did you not like the first the... version? I liked it when I, I remember hearing, "Is it any way, anyhow, anyway?" I can't yeah, remember the order. Anyway, anyhow, anywhere. And deciding, and I was probably sixteen or seventeen. That Bowie was definitely a better singer than Daltrey. Well, yeah, <laughs> yes, he's a better singer than Daltrey. I'll give you that. But no one's anyway. a better screamer than Daltrey. That's true. That is true as well. Eat your oh. heart out, Bon Scott. Yeah. So, uh, well, well, let's get into this uh, this musical divination format, Maurice. What is your question for the Pop Oracle? Well, I, along with our conversation we've just been having, I was wondering how much should you put up with from an artist for the sake of art? If they, uh, you know, I mean, do, do we put up with... Uh, with uh, with bad behavior, do you put up with uh, with uh, with any? Do you let let them? Uh, you know, just kind of. Do they show up late for the gig? Do they not change their clothes? Do they bring in their pet monkey? It's. Uh, I'm wondering. I mean, wh- where do you draw that line? I mean, at some point, there's social, socially acceptable behavior, but on the other on the other hand, you want to encourage art, and a lot of artists use art as an excuse for bad behavior. This is so in keeping with uh, a theme of with uh, the theme of that my question that you didn't hear that started off the show. It's perfect, perfect synchronicity. So just to be cl- to clarify, the question is: How much bad behavior can we put up with? Should you put up with from artists for the sake of art? Right. Okay. Well, now to engage the pop oracle, would you pick a card? Any card. Pick a card. Any card, pick a card, any card, pick a card, pick a card. Song wow. number. It's song number five. Song number five, Brother Time. Brother Time. <laughs> Brother Time. Won't you slow down Won't you slow down Give me a minute To get back in it To catch my breath I'm still going I could use a little rest Brother time You know you used to be my friend and went on without end A slow rolling boxcar On a steady uphill climb I could see where I was going I could hop off any time But now Everything's changed now Got yourself an aeroplane and you fly 
And that was Brother Time from Ira Marlowe, the answer to Maurice's question, how much bad behavior should we should you put up with from artists for the sake of art? So, Ira, tell us about your bad behavior. No, tell us, uh, <laughs> tell us about where that, that bad song came from. It came from being really old. Yeah. Aging rapidly. No, um... Yeah, I mean, I think at a certain point in life, you suddenly realize time is no longer your friend. You know, that my dad, who recently passed away, used to, can we curse on this show? Yeah. He used to say, you know, you're running out of fucking around time. You're out of fucking around time. You know, and uh, there's a period in your life you sort of feel like, you know, I get this is, you know, and even then, I, I think I've always been frantically rushing to try to get somewhere and, and slowing myself down in the process. But, uh, but I definitely thought of how that song relates to Maurice's question. Yeah, how so? Because ultimately, great art survives time. You know, it's like we worry about Bill Cosby. We worry about Louis C.K. We worry about Woody Allen, you know, and their behavior in relation to their art. But do we worry that much about what Shakespeare did? Or even Wagner still doesn't have a very good ring to it with all his, you know, pro pro-Aryan uh, sympathies. But I think over time, the art survives and we kind of forget about the person's behavior because ultimately, some would even argue the art comes through them anyway. They were just a vessel and sometimes it's like Mozart. Sometimes, you know, Salieri went to his grave largely because Mozart seemed such an unworthy vessel of this mm-hmm. gift. 
you know, and I think very often artists are unworthy vessels. And uh, I mean, what keeps me going, I mean, I try to be a good person, but a big part of what keeps me going is I do believe in my talent and I believe I have a responsibility to try to do something with it and try to bring it into the world, mm-hmm. you know, and um, which is separate from being a complete dick, which some would argue I am, but I try not to be. So, Maurice, what do you think about that, how that answered your question? Well, I, well, I don't think it really answers my question very much. But, <laughs> but uh, what I do think about what Ira just said was that I, I think that just about anybody who really excels to the top of any given field is going to have uh, uh, shortcomings in other ways. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the people that uh, – I've worked in motorsports a lot. And, uh, and the, the very best drivers, the ones – the champions at the very top are – you know, it's not because they are great humans or because they are great moralists or they generally have a, a, an inner ear, a sense of balance that is better than everyone else's and a sense of, of competitiveness. And that usually shortchanges them on uh, on some other level that is uh, that makes them either unpleasant to be around or dangerous to be around or uh, they're, they're not always the best. The people who are the very best in their fields are not always the best, well-rounded human beings. And, be. and I think that uh, a lot of people who are even aren't great artists use art as an excuse for their bad behavior. And um, that was really the point of my question. And, uh, and I think you got, so, you got close to well, do you, it. So you think they're basically just undisciplined people? And because they're undisciplined, they're sort of drawn to art, you know, which... And they can use art as that excuse. Uh, and uh, And... And half the time, their art isn't really uh, worth putting up with that level of, uh, of. Did you just have a bad experience? No, I didn't have a bad experience. I was. Uh, it, it's. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where I was going with that. No, uh, go finish. Go. <clears throat> Uh, Did you have a bad experience? Well, I'm always having bad experiences. <laughs> I, you know, deal with artists where, uh, like I said, it's. Uh, uh, it art is uh, something that is uh, uh, that is easy. And uh, it not necessarily to do good art, but to say you're doing art. It's like they say, you know, anybody with a, a, a you know, I, I, I have a hammer. I'm a carpenter. I'm, a, you know, I, I'm, a, I have a, I have a copy of Photoshop. I'm an artist, mm-hmm. and uh, art, visual art in particular, is uh, is is particularly difficult because uh, everyone who uh, looks at art has an opinion about it. But the problem is that. Uh, there's a lot of confusion between expertise and opinion. Just because you have an opinion doesn't make you an expert on something. And, sure. uh, and just because you're creating something with the tools of art doesn't necessarily make it good art. It's just – and it's, it's great that we have terrible art too. That's, uh, that's where we get all this stuff from. All the new stuff generally comes out of crappy art, mm-hmm. right? The, uh, the, the, the new, mus- new music comes out of – a lot of crappy music, and then there's this small percentage of it that is that that either accidentally or on purpose, something new, something magic happens out of that, out of yeah. that chaos that comes out of it. And if we didn't have all that crappy music, then we probably wouldn't get any new music. If we only had music that was, you know, bona fide, uh, good stuff from what the critics of right now are saying is good. And uh, well, there are <clears throat> there were a few ideas that I had that came out of that. Um, first of all, it's, it's, it's very difficult. Like I, uh, there's a few terms that 
got thrown around, I got to just jump on. First of all, like, I don't believe in, uh, I don't believe in good art or crappy art, you know, just it's because again, it's like, it's completely unlike the hammer analogy, a house that doesn't stand up is going to, is not a well-made house, but as there's so many people who love and great, get great joy out of music that I, that is totally not worth my time and not just by people who I would say are bad by people who if I told you who I'm talking about you'd be like they're great <laughs> and or like we were talking about with Ira and the 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 uh our difference on experience of the early who singles hearing them first through David mm-hmm. Bowie or hearing them first through the who like I just never want to hear the David Bowie versions <laughs> again because I was so I remember so getting that cassette offended. I just got that cassette and was so excited to hear like that this would be my chance to hear David Bowie this guy who I was just getting to like get a a beat on as an artist do with some some of my favorite songs and I listened to him and I was like this is terrible <laughs> but I also there's a lot of punk rock music there's a lot of stuff that just does not do it for me for me to then say it's you know if i was to say it's terrible it would just it's a pointless thing because it's bring because it brings great joy to a lot of people it's it's generational to some degree I, I think a lot of the stuff that i listened to as a kid i can't listen to it all now and that stuff what meant so much to me and it turns out that i didn't really like that music because <laughs> it was good music i like that music because it was of the culture that i was part Absolutely. of it was the music of my tribe and that's right. what brought me to it and most people's musical taste is formed when they're getting laid the first time it's, yeah. uh, it, it's that stuff they're probably reaching uh, puberty or you know like having the first girlfriend boyfriend and that stuff means a lot to them it's like chemically embedded Absolutely. in them as that is the good music and uh well i guess what i, I guess my my point in the in saying that is because it's just we're sort of semantics but for me that would be an example of my like the bad behavior that i insist on as an artist like anyone's opinions my own included are crap compared to the worst song ever written that's my opinion the worst song ever written is better than the best opinion about music ever given that's my opinion because i don't like your anyone's good opinion doesn't has never shaken my ass but if I, I can, there have been times when I've been at an open mic or I've done a Radio 8 Ball show where there's an artist who I don't particularly like and their song ends up being the most perfect answer to someone's question and we have this amazing moment. And it's because I was able to get outside of my own judgment about it that I was actually able to experience something that I wouldn't have experienced otherwise as having power and value. We always but, use music for different things. But my point and uh, the thing I wanted to try and get to in the, the interpretation of the song is so when when the song came up brother brother time which i've always read as brother time when it came up in the terms in relationship to this question what i got was brother time it's brother time it's a time of it's fraternity it's the fraternity of artists like you say how much because the question was how much bad behavior can you put should we put up with from artists for the sake of art and for me it's a sense of all of it Nah. Like as of in the fraternity of artists, basically, if I can't take any more of it, then I can leave. But I, it's not my, but it's not my job to stop 
Ira from being a, being incredibly self-critical of his work, which is one of the it's one of the it's one of your strengths as an artist. I'm thinking of you personally because I don't I don't know Maurice's, but or for and you could probably say the same things about me. Like if you love an artist, you see the things about them that you're like, oh, I wish they could get out of their way in that mm-hmm. way. You know, other people are not like are you know Ira's not a violent person. He's not an abusive person. He's if any of if anything he's frustrating because he is so hypercritical of his own work and if you love one of Ira's songs and then hear him talk badly about it you sort of want to like be like hey hey stop picking on this thing that I love so much <laughs> but every all every artist has these things that if you get to know them they're frustrating and at some point you know I'm going to let Ira have his opinion I'm not going to stop loving Ira's music because he hates a song that I love and I'm not going to stop going to Ira's shows. And if I, if it ever got in the way of my appreciating it, that's when it's, it's brother time. It's like, okay, well, you know what? That's the, that's the process that he needs to be able to create these things that I love. And although it might frustrate me and I wish that Ira was, you know, loved his stuff as much as I loved it sometimes. Which songs, which songs I've, do I hate so much? I'm just thinking of times when I've, you know, I feel like when a lot of times when I've, and this is not just you, I'm using uh, you as an example, but I know so many artists who, when you go to them and you're like, and I'm one of them too. If someone comes up to me and is like, oh my God, Andras, you're so brilliant. I, the first thing I'm going to be doing is like, yeah, but you think so, but you should have seen me the other day. I was, you know, I can't, it's, we have a hard time. And I think that's, I think it's one of the most I've benign gotten, I've ways. I've better at that now. Right. So thank you very much. Thank but you. I think what, I think it's one of the, I'm using that as like the most benign way that an artist can engage in bad behavior that we have to put up with for the art. I don't like, think that's an easy one. Complaining, right. Complaining right. About. But again, if there, so if there is someone who's just a raging alcoholic who shows up at the show with a gun, I'm going to leave that show because I don't want to get shot or be in the house with the, someone who's potentially violent. But I still might, if the record is good, I might still listen to the record. And I think that's part of the uh, point that uh, we get to here. I mean, I- Iris says, you know, well, what do you do about Bill Cosby? What do you do about, uh, uh, you know, X? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I think if they are, if it's good art, if it is timeless art, if it is art that has affected other artists around it, the, artist themselves begins to become more irrelevant that the effect that they have on art which art itself is a conversation among the community that creates and appreciates art if it has affected that conversation in there that that artist can go away that artist's work can go away but it still will have created this ripple in that world in that conversation and mm-hmm. they still have their effect for sure but yeah but but when do we cut that cat loose <laughs> well it's again and that's i guess the question like there's a personal decision of like i don't want to put up with that right now but and then there's the question of like well let's lock him up i'm gonna boycott there's a difference between i'm gonna boycott that artist i don't think that anyone else should take any joy from it because i think it's dangerous and toxic and that's a little bit much for me right now. What about the emails? What? The emails. Lock her her emails. No, no. <laughs> I'm not going to go down that road. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't, that's, uh, it's, you know, but I, cause, but what I'm talking about is, uh, I'm talking about Louis C.K. or like, let's say Louis C.K. Like he's a good example because there is, because 
to me, he's someone who made a, before any of the stuff came out about him, he was talking about his his comedy was about, I'm a gross guy. Guys are gross. We're disgusting. We do these horrible things. And then it comes out that he's, he's walking his dog. He, so it's sort of like there is a integrity and a continuity to that work. And it makes me curious about what he's going to make out of this whole experience going forward. And at the same time, I also support pe- support people who have felt targeted or cut, you know, abused by him, having their moment to uh, to call him out and to to kick him down, or take him down a peg. This is all part of the process of it. I don't, I don't, I'm not a believer in Louis C.K. should stop being an artist forever. I also am a believer in it. Maybe it's probably it's, right now. It's he's he totally deserves all the criticism he's going to get. He's getting. Well, people are free to boycott him if they right. want. I, th- I think you should keep making art. Right. You know, I mean, Woody Allen when when the, the first stuff with Soon Yi came out, you know, I remember him being quoted. People said, you know, they're saying my career is over. Are they crazy? I got two movies in development. What the fuck yeah. are they talking about? Yeah. You know, he was going to keep doing what he was doing regardless, right. and people can can go see it or not. Right. There's no decision right. to be made. Well, but the, from the standpoint of your question, how much, I guess that's the thing is, how much bad behavior should we put up with from artists for the sake of art is, there are two, there's the two questions. It's like, how much do I, am I going to personally accommodate someone's bad behavior? And how much, and then the question is, should we stop someone who we think is actually dangerous? Well, the same laws have to apply to everybody, and I think they do. So ultimately, isn't it kind of, when you talk about how much do we put up with the put up with is the, the part I'm not really understanding because, I mean, I mean, are we talking about, I mean, if someone vi- breaks the law, I mean, do we make exceptions for artists? Do people with a lot of money, not just artists, but anybody with a lot of money is going to have an easier time getting around laws, you know? And I don't think this whole thing about bad behavior, I think certain artists do it. And, and I think part of it is the pressure involved. Part of it is they do tend to get into drugs and alcohol because of the pressure involved in part and because of the culture they're, they're enmeshed in. And and just sort of going back to my my question that started out, like how because I'm living on a very low level of, of feedback from an audience, mm-hmm. and we were just talking about how I engender a lot of projections, both positive and negative, and trying to figure out how to not let those in or affect me and make become self fulfilling prophecies. But I think if I was like if I was a much bigger person with like celebrity, and I had that much more at a certain point you just learn how to shut it off and all of your opinions are kind of just like distractions i can't afford to to listen to any of them right and that puts you in a place where you the same the general checks and balances on people's behavior go away like you don't get to tell me that i'm being rude i'm not being rude i'm just not listening to you because I have something else to do and I have 10,000 people who want me to listen to them and I'm not going to pay attention to you or you or you or you or any of you. And that even, if you're that person, that's not bad behavior. It's just like what you have to do if you had to give every person at your show 10 minutes of personal time. There's also a right way and a wrong way to do that. Well, that, but, and again, that's a, that's a matter of grace and figuring it out and everyone has a different take on it. Like some people will take someone being apologetic as, like are more offended by someone being apologetic and then by someone saying, fuck you. Like, again, you just don't even know who would like, if you encounter so many people, 
in your day, you're going to offend and disappoint some no of question. them. No question. And, and people have schadenfreude. You know, people, there's no question the higher up you get, the more people are going to find reasons to dislike you. At least yeah, some sure. people like to tell the bad story about sure. the celebrity. That's a lot more interesting than the, than the sweet one. You ever see oh, I Heart Huckabees? No. Oh, it's a great film. Everyone loves that. I, I, I don't think I've seen the whole thing. I watched part of it on video, I think. There's just one part where the, one of the characters has this story he tells over and over about Shania Twain. And it's the story makes him look good and makes her look bad. And it's just mm-hmm. this thing of like, you really like telling, you know, more, you, you get something, get a certain jazz and credibility by being the guy yeah. who had that experience with that famous person and you were the cool one and they weren't. And that is like, you know, throw that on your Instagram. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, we could go, we could keep going. At, like so many great questions to get asked on the show. It, uh, we could have a two hour long podcast just talking about this, but that's not our show. So. Next year, same time. Next year, same time at the Monkey House. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit Radio8Ball.com, where you'll find the Radio 8 blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Sat there talking, the car still running, neither of us noticing the time. And even in the dark, I saw it in your eyes that shine. And each time you laughed, just when I laughed. I had a thought I almost thought was real That if we were in love This is how we'd feel We've got no business Going near this It's something we both know It shouldn't be so hard See things as they are and let go So you told a story and I told a story And we never came close to a kiss But if we were in love it would feel like this Maybe there's a place somewhere And everything not meant to be is meant to be there Where the laughter goes on And the sorrow is gone And the stars all align We sat there talking The car still running And I told you what I couldn't help but say 
You got quiet, and I got quiet, like that might make the whole thing go away. And I caught myself, and you caught yourself. Then you took my hand and said you had to go. But if we were in love, if we were in love, if we were in love, we would know.